welcome to the All People's Church Sunday podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by lead pastor Robert Herber. For more messages and resources, head to allpeopleschurch.org or download our free All People's app. Good morning. How are you doing? So convincing. This morning, I want to talk to you from the topic, what's wrong with my love? Look at your neighbor and say, what's wrong with my love? <laughs> oh, there you go. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, and let me start with a story. Growing up in the Herber family with Bob Herber and Ruthie Herber as my parents, Heather and Hannah Herber as my sisters, there was this one aspect of life that I just thought I was the man in. And it was this, whenever it was someone's birthday, especially my sisters or my mom, I would go out and find them a gift. I would come back, I'd wrap it, and I would look so forward to giving it to them because whenever they opened it, they would always go, oh, oh, that is so sweet. I love it, Robert. So I thought, man, I am the man. I know how to give gifts to people I love. And then I got married. <laughs> and so I went in with this tremendous confidence, and I'll never forget uh, Steph's first birthday for us as a married couple, and I was one of these observant guys. And I saw, Steph was a runner, and so I saw her sneakers are getting worn out, and I'm going to sweep her off her feet with a pair of New Balance. Wow, how romantic. And... So I got, I still remember, they come with brown and like kind of f- fluffy leatherish looking with a blue in on them. And I was like, oh man, I'm the man. And I, I even, I brought them the box. I even wrapped it myself, which is quite a feat for a guy, right? And, um, and I, I gave it to her and I was so looking forward to her response. And I, and, and I gave it to her and I'm kind of, I'm watching because I'm a words of affirmation guy. And she, she opens it and she goes, thank you, like that. <laughs> It's like, th- th- thank you, right? And, and so, you know, liking good feedback, I'm like, what do you think? Like, do you like it? She's like, um, and then she started crying. And I realized, I don't think these are happy tears. And I said, well, I, I, you needed sneakers? She was like, but this is my one time. We didn't have much money. She was like, this is my one time to get a gift. I, I wanted like a little home decor from Pottery Barn. And we got in a fight. So, a few years later, well, let me start by asking this question. Snow globes. Like, what good is a snow globe? Like, seriously, it's an over-glorified paperweight, right? So, Steph, leading up to Christmas, she had told me, all I want is a snow globe. And I thought, no, you don't. And so... It comes to Christmas time, and so I get her a blouse. Because I'm, I'm oh, guys, it was from Forever 21. I'm like, this is gonna make her feel young, cute, trendy. I get her this blouse from Forever 21. She opens it up, and she's like, thank you. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you like this, right? She's like, all I wanted was a snow globe. And I'm like, no, you were deceived. <laughs> No one wants a snow globe. 
Like, it's pointless. She's like, but I wanted a snow globe. But I'm like, that's not a good thing to want, right? So anyway, so she's turning 40. You know, we're 16 years into our marriage. And I'm like, I am going to nail this because gifts are important. And I've, I've got to step up my game. So I, I'm like, I'm going to do something extravagant. And the, I, the Apple uh, watches had come out. And I'm like, that's, that's quite a gift, right? Like, plus, I never can get a hold of her. Like, she's always leaving her phone. And I'm sure, I'm sure like, she wants me to get a hold of her, right? And be able to get my text. So guys, I was so excited. I do the surprise. The kids and I are around the table. She opens up her iPhone watch, right? And I'm like, how do you like it? She goes, wow. I'm thinking, wow, it could go either way. <laughs> then she goes, I don't know what to say. I'm like, that could go either way. <laughs> and uh, her sister's like dying on the front row right now. Um, and so anyway, I'm like, hey, do you like it? She's like, I just wanted to like stone our fireplace. I'm like, what woman What's that for her 40th birthday? Okay, so right now you're thinking, we got a dumb pastor. Um, <laughs> so I promise you that Steph says in numerous ways that I'm a, I'm a good husband. I'm really good on giving her praise. She never has to ask me to take out the trash. I always wash the dishes. I take care of the kids. But there's like this missing chip on expressing my love through gifts today. And so today, I want to help many of you put some missing chips into your brain, into your heart, on how to express our love to the people who are close to us. You're welcome. <laughs> so here is, uh, for, we're going to start with this. First John, if you got a Bible, open it. If you got a phone, open it. 1 John 4, 8, it says this, God is love. And so let me start with this, that, that only God can ultimately, ultimately meet your love needs. So if you're in this room hitting your spouse right now going, he's finally going to get it, right? Or, you know, you're, you're, you're squeezing your, your sweetheart's leg or you're, you're looking at your kids. Let me just tell you that there's no human who can ever perfectly meet your love needs, Right, Blaise Pascal, 1600s, French philosopher, said it so right. He says, we've all got this God-shaped hole that only his love can fill. And, and let me just tell you, one of the reasons I believe that Steph and I have such a great marriage, we have a, a wonderful marriage, but I think the main reason is because every day we're committed to spending time with God. I can't think of a day where I don't go into our living room and Steph is in the little cozy corner of the couch with her Bible in her lap, with music playing, and she's receiving from God. And so that really helps me because she's not looking to me as her primary love meter. She's looking to the Father. And likewise, every day I go and spend time in my relationship with God so I'm not a human vacuum cleaner to my wife just trying to suck the life out of her to get love from her. But I do want to tell you that God has put you in position with different people that we're supposed to add to his love. 
And we're supposed to reflect his love to them, but many of us don't know how to do that in a way that people feel loved. And so that's what we're going to be studying today. 1 John 4, we're going to read quite a bit of scripture, starting in verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. Can you say that with me? Love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they've seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. What a beautiful passage. In college, I read a book that really shaped my life. It was entitled Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Anyone heard of that book? Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, very famous book. Habit number two is this. Begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. Let me read a quote from Stephen Covey for you to understand this habit. So what do you want to be when you grow up, Covey says. That question may appear a little trite, but think about it for a moment. Are you, right now, who you want to be, what you dreamed you'd be, doing what you always wanted to do? Be honest. Sometimes people find themselves achieving victories that are empty, successes that have come at the expense of things that were far more valuable to them. If your ladder is not leaning against the right wall, every step you take gets you to the wrong place faster. Life is like... A ladder on a wall, many of us are climbing up the ladder but are getting to the top of the wrong wall. So I started thinking about this as a college student, not something that college students probably often think of, but I started envisioning my funeral. Started thinking, as a single young college student, what will my funeral be like? What will my wife say about me? Didn't have a wife yet. What will my kids say about me? What will my friends say? What will my coworkers say? I hope that there are many people, and that they're saying things. And here's what I know they are not going to be saying. They're not going to be talking about how stylish I was, right? They're not going to talk about how handsome or beautiful you are, how much money you had. They're not going to talk about your career achievements. Here's what I find as a pastor doing many funerals. People talk about how they were loved by you. Here's my question. The main question I want to ask you today is, is your primary goal in your relationships to make people feel loved? Because that is the scriptural admonition for us when it comes to the people we're close to. 
Do we make people feel loved? Verse 7, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. You know, I, I seldom ever meet a parent that doesn't love their kids. Like that is just innate in kids. And, and the, the challenging thing is, though, I often meet kids, even Christian kids, kids that grew up in Christian homes, that didn't feel loved by their parents. Like they're questioning whether their parents actually love them. So there's this disconnect between parents who actually love their kids and the kids actually feeling love. Now, Scripture says God is love, and so your greatest goal as a parent, I'm not just going to talk about parenting today, but this is one of the aspects, your greatest goal as a parent is to reflect the love of God to your kids. Do you know that? Uh, uh, above them being successful in life, uh, uh, above them uh, having every little thing they want, your greatest goal as a parent should be your children receiving love from you. That should be your number one Goal. So the Bible says God is love. So how does God show his love? Let me give you five ways. I want to encourage you to write these down today because these will be incredibly helpful in your relationships. Number one, through words. Obviously, he gave us this whole book to express his love. For some of us, it's unnatural to say, I love you. For some of you, you didn't ever hear your parents say that. But can I just tell you, push yourself. Jump out there. Speak your love. The Bible says that Father God says to his kids, I've loved you with an undying love. You can't read this Bible long without seeing God, without seeing Jesus saying, I love you. I love you, right? That is what God does. Number two, through touch, through touch. Now, the thing is, you see Jesus walking around and you constantly see him touching people. But you know, even our God who's transcendent, He's touching people. The Bible says this, in his presence is fullness of joy. That's Psalm 16. I can't tell you how many people I've heard through the years walk onto our property or walk into this room. I had a person say it this morning. They said, I walked in and I felt this presence and I started to cry. Why? Because we desperately need the touch of God and you desperately need to touch those you love in a holy and pure way. Number three, through time. We talk a lot about the Great Commission, going to all nations and make disciples, but I love that second part. We don't talk about it as much, and I will be with you always. That's a God who has time. He's always going to be with you. We demonstrate love through spending time with people, through gifts. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. We give gifts to those we love. I'm still working on that one. And number five, <laughs> I give gifts. They're just not always good ones. Uh, number five, through comfort. I will send the comforter, and he will be with you. Now, I had this experience with my daughter this week, and she actually said, Dad, you should share this story with church on Sunday. I said, are, 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 you really want me to share it? She said, yeah, I think it will help many parents and their children. So I'm like, well, praise God. So let me tell you what happened. I'm, I was traveling. I was doing some meetings and speaking in some, in some things out of state. And I get this call, and I find out from Steph that Hallie had something said to her that was very inappropriate and caused her a lot of pain. And, you know, immediately, as a dad, I'm like, blood boiling. And, and then the problem was we didn't hear it from Hallie. We heard it from someone else. 
So now I'm like, why didn't she tell me that? So I, I, I come back, and I'm like, I, I'm knowing I need to talk to Hallie about this. Can I just tell you, first of all, parents, the worst thing you can do when challenging things happen with your kids is nothing. Right? God is a God who steps into our world. And a loving parent needs to step in with your kids. So my inclination is I wanted to just jump right in. The second I saw Hallie, she gets in the car after school. What happened? But I didn't do that. Right? Because I, I, I understand how people perceive love. So you know what I did? I, I waited until I'd, I'd spent some time with her. And I, she was sitting on her iPad at home uh, on a little love seat. And you know what I did? I went and just sat down right next to her, like where we're touching. Okay? You know, people need physical touch. There's a study in the early 1900s in America that all these little kids went into these hospitals and they start dying. They called it, the, uh, it there was a Greek word for it, the marismus effect, which means they were wasting away and it's because they weren't being physically held. Okay, we need healthy touch from people. You actually biologically need that. So I went and sat down next to Hallie, and then she ended up just kind of kicking her legs over, over me, and, and we sat there. And then, but I still didn't jump into things. You know why? Because I wanted to spend some time. So I just sat with her for a while and, and just asked her about, hey, what are, you, what are you looking at? And we just talked about some kind of seemingly meaningless stuff. Okay, here's what I've noticed as a pastor. I meet with people all the time. I'll meet with someone for an hour, 55 minutes, we'll talk about nothing, right? I mean, we'll talk about NASCAR, snow cones. I mean, this, and then in the last five minutes, then they'll say, hey, pastor, I really did want to bring something up with you. I'm like, okay. And then they'll lay the heavy thing on me. But you know why? It's because they needed that time for our hearts to connect, right? You don't have to do that with me, by the way. <laughs> So I, I sat there with her. Then I said, Hallie, um, we had sat there for an hour and a half or so. And I said, hey, I, I need to talk to you about something. And so can, can we go uh, to a private place? So we went into her room. I did that purposely because I was getting into her soil, not mine. Right? I was jumping into her world. That's what the Bible says, right? God sent Jesus into our world. He didn't need to. He's God. We should relate to him. But he comes into our world. So we go into her room. I said, why don't you sit on your bed? She sat on her bed. I didn't stand over her, right? Because I, I understand body language. So I sat down in a chair. So we were on the same level. You don't want to back someone into a corner, right? You don't, you don't want to hover over them and look like you're lording over them. So here we are sitting there talking. And you know the first thing I did is I didn't say, why didn't you tell me this? I said, hey, I heard this happen. How did that make you feel, right? Oh, it was hard. And you know what I did? I looked at her. And I let compassion be on my face. I wasn't thinking so much about the next thing I was going to say that I couldn't actually listen to her. So I listened to her. And she saw empathy on my face. And she heard me go, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. People need to feel that you're emotionally connecting to them. And then I was clear. I said, hey, I, Hallie, you should have told me about that. I was, I was clear with, with that area of growth. But then at the end, I, I went and sat down next to her. I put my arm around her, and I said, I'm going to pray for you. You know, the next day, man, she was just right by my side. She, I could tell that experience brought a fresh father-daughter intimacy that she wanted to be near me. And that's why she ended up saying, Dad, I want you to share this 
with the church. We need to give these five different love languages that the Father gives to us. We need to give those to those we love. Verse 9 says this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Let me just paraphrase that. God sent Jesus, his only son, that speaks of sacrifice. You know, one of the greatest ways that we show love to people that we care about is through sacrifice. So here's another area that that I had to to really grow in in my relationship with Steph. I would come home, I'd drive home, and I'd walk in the door on the phone. Anyone ever did that? Thank you, Kendall. (laughs) Okay. So this, this, is, this is why. I had a good reason. All day long, I'm in meeting, 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 and I'm getting calls, and I'm getting texts, and so I need to follow up and, and do my job. So I would do that while I was driving home. But here's how Steph received that. Hey, you've been at work all day, and then you come in, and you're bringing work home, and that doesn't make me feel valued. And so what I had to do was understand I need to get into her world, and do things that are sensitive to her. When your spouse, when your kid, when your friend tells you something that's hurting them, you got to make note. you got to log that down and say, okay, I'm willing to change. You know, one of the greatest ways to show love is a commitment to change. I had a, a pastor tell me this, and it helped so much. He said, when you're driving home, use that space, not to just do more work, but to start turning towards your wife and thinking about what's her day been like. Or when you're going to get your kids, start thinking about what has their day been like and start entering into their world. So I realized I need to come home, put my phone down, and ask Steph how she's doing. Now, for some of you guys, you're like, I I can't do that. (laughs) Like, I can't. I have no words left. Like, I just sports center, right? That's minister to me, sports center, play over me, right? And, um, right, because we know, we know the studies have shown that, that, that women have uh, more words than guys. There's actually, and women, and before you get mad, there's actually a language protein. You have more of it, right? Like, you're just, you, you're the man, women. And, uh, <laughs> but I realize I've got to sacrifice my small word quotient to, to minister to Steph. So I go home and I ask her, how are you doing? And I, and I listen, I actually listen and I engage. And then the next thing I do is after I engage with her, then I go out and engage with my kids. And I am so tired, right? And I don't want to like skateboard around when I get home from work, right? That does not, but I do it because I want to engage. I want to enter into my kid's life. I, I go and I throw the football or I go play basketball or I do, I do something. Why? Because you're sacrificing to get into someone else's world. Because my main goal at the end of my life is that they would remember and say, you know what, daddy loved me. My husband loved me. I, I was loved. Yeah, here, some, some of you think that pastors love sitting around and talking to people about their problems all day. You're like, man, they just love that. <laughs> Joel does. <laughs> Kendall does. But you know what? You know the reason pastors do that is not because they just love hearing problems. No, they got enough problems of their own, right? No, they... They want you to feel loved. Like that's the goal. So that, that's, that is love, is that we're willing to sacrifice to talk to someone else. Let me, let me show you this. 
This is how, verse 17, this is how love is made complete among us so that we have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Let me give you a one great practical of being like Jesus. One great practical. Ask questions. Ask people questions. Okay? Like, what, what do a 42-year-old man and a 14-year-old daughter have in common? Right? Not, not a ton. Right? <laughs> But you know what I do? I, I take my daughter on walks, or I take her out to Starbucks, and I ask her questions, right? And then I said, and then you have to ask me a question, because I'm training my kids, and I always say, no one word answers, and I'm training my children to ask questions, and I ask questions. Like, I'm in my truck, and I'm like, I'm driving my kids, and I'm thinking, I got nothing. Like, I have nothing to say right now. But you know what I do? I'm like, that's not Okay. That's not like God. I want to reflect God. What would God, Jesus walked around asking people questions. Have you ever noticed that? And he, he already knew all the answers. <laughs> like it's not like Jesus was like, huh, I, I just have a few moments on the earth. I've got to figure out as much as I can. That's not why Jesus was asking questions. He already knew. I mean, in fact, he said Jesus knew the hearts of all people. Or Jesus did not ask this because he was wondering. He already knew what the person was going to say, but he asked him anyway. Why? Because people feel loved. I, I got on the plane uh, at the end of the week, to, and I, I sit down, and I sat down next to a grump. Like, this guy was like, and I said, hey, I'm Robert. He's like, and I said, I was like, how you doing? He's like, I'm good, because I got the seat I wanted. He had the seat with, like, a lot of leg room, and I'm like, awesome. And uh, so I was thinking, this is going to be a long flight. And, and he pulls out his phone, and I look over, and I see that he's caught a big fish. And I was like, oh, you're a fisherman. Where'd you catch that fish? What kind of fish is that? He didn't stop talking for the next hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> Why? Because I asked him a question about something he cared about. No lie, he starts flipping through each picture. He finally is like, this is the fish I caught in Montana. This is my house. This is my cat. I was like, I don't care about your cat, bro. I didn't say that, you know, but in my heart. I was like, I love, I love you, but I don't love cats. And, uh, but, but because I asked him a question about what he cared about. I, I'm believing for a church of people who will be master askers. Right? Because here's, here's how to make someone feel unloved. Just go and talk about yourself the whole time. Right? But here's how to make someone feel loved. Ask them about what they care about. Ask them about their passions. Ask them about their weak. Truly ask them and listen. And you will make people feel like royalty. Right? And I want to ask, I want to encourage everyone in this room to do it. Don't, don't now go, well, this church said they're good at asking questions. And they, no one asked me a question today. No, you ask a question. You ask the question. And... and be, do the ministry of Jesus to people because when you ask questions, you might be the only person asking them a question this week. Because right? they might be just treated like dirt the rest of the week. But when, when they step onto this property, let's ascribe worth to each person by asking them questions. Spouses, ask questions to your spouse, not about just things you want to know. How much is in the account, right? <laughs> When's dinner going to be ready? <laughs> You're taking care of the kids tonight, right? <laughs> no, ask them questions about what they're passionate about. 
right? Ask them questions about their, their loves. Ask them questions about how they're feeling and, and, and do the ministry of Jesus to people. There is no, verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. You know, one of our greatest goals in our relationships needs to be dispelling fear in the people we're close to. Because can I just tell you, every person in here has fears. For some, it's, it's the fear of being left alone or the fear of being abandoned. For others, it's, it's the fear of not being protected. Right? For others, it's the fear of being shamed. For others, it's the, the fear of being treated harshly. For others, it's the fear of losing privileges. For others, it's the fear of not being valued. And one of the greatest things you can do is understand your loved one's fears and dispel them. One of the reasons that there's so much pain in relationships is because we punish those who are close to us. But do you see this? It says perfect love casts out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. And so let me just tell you, we are not supposed to punish those we love. What do I mean by that? I I, I mean by this. When your kids do something, you yell at them and belittle them. That's punishment. When your spouse does something, they hurt you. You say, I'm going to withdraw my affection. I'm going to withdraw my praise for a week because they hurt me. Or I see this all the time. I'm going to withdraw my sexual intimacy because my feelings are hurt. And you know what that builds in your kids or builds in your spouse? It makes them think, I have to be perfect to earn love. You follow me? We create this, I have to act and be and talk perfect, and then I receive love. But we're supposed to reflect the unconditional love of God. Now, what I didn't say is don't discipline your children. Right? Listen to what Hebrews says. It says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves. When my children do wrong, I don't punish them by shaming them, screaming at them, taking out my anger on them. That's not the calling. Here, here's what I love, because we want to reflect God. I love this quote. God's angry punishment was spent completely on Jesus once and for all. God was angry at sin, so in his wrath, he crushed Jesus on the cross so he doesn't punish you anymore. But he does discipline us for our best. I discipline my kids so that they get better, but I don't do it out of my anger and my wrath. Are you following me? There's a difference between punishment out of your anger and discipline for their best, right? And and people get really confused on these two. Our calling is to unconditionally give love, give acceptance, give nurture to the people that are around us. Verse 19, let me finish with this. We love because he first loved us. I've been thinking, I love getting older. I love getting older. And I haven't always. It was really hard for me to turn 40. I'm 42 now. It was hard for me. And here's why. Because as I've gotten older, I've realized I'm not accomplishing everything I wanted to accomplish. Right? I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Right? I'm not as good looking as I wanted to be. And I'm like moving further away from that. <laughs> 
And so that actually got me really discouraged. All those things put together got me really discouraged because I can't accomplish enough. I can't have enough victories. I can't have enough wins to always feel good about myself. And so that got me really down. But you know what happened when I got really down? I had to cry out to God to meet me. And in that place, God started showering more and more of his love on me. He started speaking his affirmation over me. I started experiencing more of his presence. And getting really down that I wasn't going to be all that I wanted to be led me to meeting with God in a, in a very significant way. And let me start loving myself, not because of how I look or what I'm accomplishing. I can never accomplish enough or what I do, what career I'm in, but it started letting me love myself because I realized how much God loves me. Like he really loves me because I'm his child. He really loves you because you're his child, but sometimes you don't know how much he loves you and you're not experiencing that. So when I started experiencing that, what started happening is I started getting free from all the things I have to do and I started just receiving more of his love. And you know what I noticed is that love started flowing out of me more and more. So I was driving to pick up my kids from school this week. Steph was uh, ministering in Guatemala this week, and so I just had the kids, and I realized I am so excited to see my kids because I love them so much. I like, I love my kids. I, I sense this, but you know why? It's because I feel so loved by God that I want to give them love. Can I just tell you the greatest gift that you can give to the people who are close to you is getting before God, letting him pour his love out on you, and then it starts flowing into others. Because God is love. We love because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. We love others because he first loved us. Why don't we stand up? Hallelujah. I agree. <laughs> just close your eyes for a second. Let me just tell you today that you are a dearly loved child of the Father. And um, I just sensed, I saw this in the first service, and I just feel led to do this again. There's some of you that just, you don't feel loved. You just have these repeating lies in your head, and it's never enough. And I want to pray over your minds right now. And you know who you are if you just say, that is not, I don't walk around feeling love, Pastor. That's not me. In order for you to really love people, you got to get more and more love from God. I want you to just put your hand on your head right now. We're going to put, lay our hands on our minds. And Father, I break off every lying and accusing voice from the enemy right now. That, those nagging thoughts that say, I'm not good enough. I'm not handsome enough. I'm not smart enough. I wasn't born in the right place. I, I've made too many mistakes. We break off those lies in the name of Jesus. And we plead the blood of Jesus shed on the cross as a gift from the Father to us. Not because we deserved it, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We pray a new mind to receive love right now. I want you to put your hand on your heart. And Lord, I pray for every heart in this room right now that your love would be poured in so that love for others can pour out. Lord, make us loving towards our spouses. Make us loving towards our kids. Make us loving towards our coworkers at work. We might be the only reflection of God that our coworkers see. 
Let that love flow to other students. Let that love flow to the hardest people. Lord, let your love come in so that your love can come out of us. Let's just sing this last song. Let's encourage you to just open up your hands to receive from God so that he can pour out on us so that we can pour out on others today. And I just want to tell you, after we sing this, you might need to make something right. You might need need to apologize to someone. I'm sorry that I haven't loved you like I wanted to. I'll never be able to do it perfectly, but I'm committed. I want to love you the way you need to be loved. You might just need to do that today as we end our time.